Live on American Family Radio. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. More than 65 million people right now are putting themselves between a vulnerable loved one and even worse, disaster. Maybe that's you. How are you feeling? How are you doing? What's going on with you? And that's what this show is all about, is strengthening the family caregiver. Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. And you can see more at hopeforthecaregiver.com. And we are glad that you are with us. And if you want to be a part of the show, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Before we get into our topic for today and the scriptures, I'm not going to give the scripture on the front end because it's going to give away the song. But I like to start off with a song. Just go to the caregiver keyboard and do a song that you may know. And if you do know, feel free to call in. We'll talk about why this song means something to you. But but the larger picture is why does this song mean something to fellow caregivers? And what can we glean from this? So <clears throat> head over to the caregiver keyboard. This is a very easy little chorus that came out many years ago. And uh, I've always loved this. A lot of people um, sing this as a round. Um, we sing it as a round. But see if you know this song. You know that song. It's a simple little song. It's based on several places in Scripture. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 if you know that song. And we're going to talk about why that applies to caregivers. I want to get into something very quickly here that we as caregivers don't necessarily talk about very much, but it's important for us. Uh, by the way, Gracie is home. My wife is home. She for those of you who don't uh, just now joining the show, a couple of weeks ago she had a, a bad fall, and uh, her prosthetic leg was stuck, and she twisted and fell, but her leg did not, and her femur broke, and it was um, pretty traumatic, and they had to airlift her, and she had to get surgery, and yada yada yada. It was it was pretty uncomfortable, but she's home and she is recuperating, not as well as she you know as fast as she'd like, but she is doing well, all things considered. Uh, I've seen surgical events with her go really south, 
and this is um, this has been relatively smooth considering her complications, but she is home. Caregiver authority. Caregiver authority. Do you know what I mean when I talk about that? We as caregivers have developed, particularly if you've been doing this for some some time, uh, we have developed a an understanding of our loved one that is significant and significant to the medical community that will be treating them or that does treat them. Most people will get a couple of minutes here or there with our loved one. But you and I spend a lifetime doing this. In my case, uh, you know, 35 years. And I don't necessarily need to know the science of all that goes on with Gracie, but I know Gracie. And I'm there all the time. And just for the longevity of what I do, I pick up quite a bit. Now, I, I, I graduated from music school. You know, my degree was in composition and arranging and piano principal. They didn't teach me any of this stuff in music school. And I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I talked to my piano professor um, at least once or twice a month from college and he's well in his eighties now and, and just a wonderful fellow. And he, I, I fuss at him periodically. I said, look, you didn't, you didn't cover this kind of stuff, you know, in music theory class, but this is uh, this is life. And, and I've had to adapt and be flexible and learn on the fly. So what is that knowledge worth that I've, amassed over these years. And I've been in many situations with medical personnel who wish to tell me um, to step off, you know, in, in, in a polite way sometimes, sometimes not so polite way. And they, they, they jump in with both feet into Gracie's situation, thinking that they are going to do this and this and this. And, you know, I can't always... That's a difficult thing to, to 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 navigate because I don't want to interfere, but at the same time, if she gets hurt because they do something out of ignorance to the complexities of her case, I have to be the one that cleans it up, and I've been there. I've been there when they've given her too much stuff, too little stuff, the wrong stuff, and I've been there when she's seized, when she's coded. When she's fallen out of the hospital bed, I mean, I, I went, went there when she fell, but I mean, I left her for a few moments. The nurse was supposed to watch her, and, and sure enough, they didn't. And and I'm the one that has to clean it up, and I'll bet you are too. That's what we as caregivers do. We we clean up. And I learned a long time ago of these two words that I think are going to be important for each of us as caregivers to hang on to as we go through various things. And rarely do I give tips on caregiving on this show, on the task of caregiving, because it's unique to, to every situation. And I can't tell you how to take care of your loved one any more than you could tell me how to take care of mine. But there are some common principles that go along with this. And I want you to remember these two words, okay? You can write them down if you have to. Put it in your phone. Just, just remember these two words. Caregiver 
authority. To my knowledge, I coined this. Caregiver authority. You have authority as a caregiver of your loved one. You know them. You know their chart. You know their circumstances. You don't have to know the science, but you know them. And it's very important for you and I to remember that in situations. Now, the world is moving away on a lot of things on the way they they do medicine. They're doing care by committee now. And I had an experience of that recently where I had to sit down with a committee and they started in, a couple of these folks started in a little bit with me rather heavy-handed. And I was I was not combative because I'm, I'm just too tired for that. I've been there, but I'm just, I'm just too tired for that. But I was not, but I didn't back down. And I think that these folks were not used to somebody that approached them the same way I did as a family member, as a caregiver. But I looked around the room, and I realized very quickly that I was taking care of Gracie, where some of these people were, they were toddlers. Some of them weren't even born. And I realized, you know, that they are, they're bringing some education to the, the equation, but not experience. And my experience trumps opinion. And yours does too. And we're going to talk about that more when we come back. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Aria is suffering for the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Aria lives in the Middle East in a radical Muslim family. She accepted the invitation of a Christian friend to attend a weekly Bible study and eventually received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. She took her Bible study booklet home, hiding it in her room before her mother found it and gave it to her father. He beat young Aria nearly to death and called the officials to report her as an infidel. They took her to a remote cell where they assaulted her and the Christian friend and eventually let them go. Now these two women, they didn't grow bitter. They grew bold and together they've seen hundreds come to Christ in the Middle East where it's nearly impossible to get a Bible. And that's why Bible League is inviting you to send God's Word to Bibleist believers around the globe at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20 every gift matched. Call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or click sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. And God bless you for caring. This is William Owens, America's Poet. I judge myself no more. I judge myself as if I know the fabric of my creation, the logic of my mind, the depths of my heart, the intent of my soul. We spend countless hours every day, sometimes without even knowing how much we judge ourselves. We're so down on the one that loves us the most, and that's Jesus. We're down on him because we don't believe that he judged us when he died. It is time we arise to newness of life and forgive ourselves as he has forgiven us so that we can go forward and do the purposes for which he's made us. Stop judging. I judge myself no more. This was a poetic expression of hope, love, and forgiveness from America's poet, William Owens. For the entire poem, his on-demand poetry concert, and more, please visit americaspoet.com. There's a treasure at the end of this narrow road I'm traveling, and it gives me a purpose. 
Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a caregiver. If you are banging your head against the wall, and if you are weary, if you've had sleepless nights doing laundry late into the night while taking care of a loved one, if you've been back and forth to pharmacies, doctors, office, hospitals, rehab centers, if this is your life, you're in the right place. And we're glad you're with us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. We're going to be getting to calls here in a minute. Here's a, at the caregiver keyboard here. Here's our song for today. I'll just play a little bit of it. You know that song, 888-589-8840. And as a refresher, the reason I do these songs, that's got a very easy title to remember. And we need easy titles to remember as caregivers. We cannot remember complex things sometimes when it's all hitting. And we've got to have simple things that kind of that, that, that anchor us into a greater truth than what we're facing right in front of us. Not that what we're facing in front of us is not truth. It's just there is a greater truth. And that greater truth is the reality of the gospel. And, and if we know, if we, if we can hang on to those things in the midst of it, when it just all goes kaplooey, we can navigate these things a little easier. But I want to go back to what we talked about in the last block, caregiver authority. I want you to remember that. I want you to write that down. You have caregiver authority. You do not have to know the science in order to have this. You just simply know your loved one. And it's okay. And it's very intimidating to talk to trained medical professionals at times. I'm not quite as... um. Uh, put off by that as I used to be. But when I first started on this journey, I mean, I thought doctors were God. And a lot of them reinforced that thought. But there came to be a point when I had to push back because some of them get it wrong. All of them will get it wrong at some point. But some of them got it wrong with, when dealing with Gracie. And I remember one doctor, he was kind of giving me a little bit of attitude. And I stopped him for a moment and I looked at him and I said, with all due respect, Doc, I was taking care of her when you were in junior high school. So let's keep this thing in perspective here. I look at the folks that I had to sit down with this care committee team now, and I was like, good gracious, man, we're, we're doing this as a bureaucracy now. But because this was the first major surgery I had with Gracie in some time. I mean, she's had smaller stuff, but this was a, this was a major event. And, and so they, they kind of swarm in with this committee approach now and, I'm used to just dealing with the doctor, and it flows down from there, but, you know, okay, whatever. But I watched all these kids <laughs> telling me this and this and this, and uh, um, it, there was a little bit of, of condescending. I'm being diplomatic. I got a friend of mine who's listening right now, and I know that I'm going to get a text that said, there was not a little bit of condescending. There was a lot of condescending. <laughs> And so, but there there was condescension going on, 
you know, who am I? I'm just some guy. I'm just, I'm just Gracie's husband. And I had to let them feel the weight of who I was and understand the, 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 the complexity of this woman and what they were missing. But I had to do this in a way that they would understand and respect. And, and I did. But I wasn't combative. But there was, there was, I think they thought they were going to back me up and put me in my place, and, and I didn't back up. And I'm not going to. Because I'm the one that has to clean it up when it goes wrong. And it's not that I want to tell them how to do their job. It's just that I don't want them to, number one, do something out of arrogance or ignorance that's going to hurt Gracie further and make my life more difficult and make Gracie's life much more painful. So that's it. I mean, it's nothing more complex than that. And that's the way it is for all of us as caregivers, particularly when we deal with long-term stuff like this, where we are the ones that are having to do the vast majority of the, the hands-on work. You know, the surgeon worked on Gracie with his expertise. He fixed her leg. But I'm, I'm the guy that's here 24-7. You know, and so we, we know these things as... As caregivers, we know these things, and it's okay for us to wield that authority, wield it responsibly. We don't want to come across as heavy-handed, but we don't have to back up. And I just, I, I felt like some of you all would benefit from that this morning, the knowing that you don't have to back up. I've got a cousin who who has a special needs daughter, and man, she's a tiger. She'll, she, she there's no backup in her. My brother and my sister-in-law, they have a special needs daughter. There's no backup in them. And they're not mean people. They just, they're just so experienced at this. I've got friends of ours down in the valley here where we live. We, we, they live uh, several miles down the valley, and, and, and they've got a special needs son. They, they have to fight. And they're not mean-spirited people. They just know that you know, in this hustle and bustle world, Complex cases kind of get, you know, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces. And when it comes to your, your father or your mother that you're taking care of, your special needs family member, whatever, you have caregiver authority. Are you okay with that? And if you want to know more about that, feel free to call in 888-589-8840, 888 888- Five eight nine, eighty eight forty. We're going to get to the song here in just a moment, but I'm going to go through the calls here. Uh, let's see. This is uh, Robin in Virginia. Robin, good morning. How are you feeling? Oh, uh, good morning. I have um, just been working all night since nine o'clock last night, um, but not particularly doing a caregiving job at this point in time. Just a different kind of a job, but I picked an overnight job uh, so I could be available for my mom who's 95. And Well, how are you how are you feeling today? <laughs> well, having uh, I'm starting to work a new job and uh, I just feel like I'm excited to, you know, be doing something that's a little bit more creative and artful as opposed to like working on the overnight with FedEx as a package handler. But um, I'm, I, only, I worked about nine and a half hours, so my feet are tired. <laughs> but my spirit is good. I've listened to you for about a, about a year and a half now, 
and uh, I thought I would try um, to call. Not that I'm currently being a caregiver in a paid situation. I had been in the past for like a friend of the family who had gone through um, brain surgery to take a tumor out. That was about 27 years ago, 26 years ago. Um, but my mom is 95, and I know that as she's aging, um, you know, things are going to happen. My sister and I are being much more available to, you know, well, the sister lives there. Well, a, cu- and I've been- a couple of things, Robin, if you don't mind me jumping in. One of them is the yes. show is not really for paid caregivers. They'll get something out of what I'm talking about. But the show <laughs> is for the family caregiver. For those who right. – and, and people say, well, what's the difference? I said, well, a paycheck. That's what's the difference. You know, Gracie owes yeah. me a lot of back pay. I mean, just a lot of back pay. And the second thing, and I love what you said, your mom is 95, and as she's aging, no, Robin, your mom's already old. <laughs> at 95, <laughs> you you are aged at that point. <laughs> well, what's amazing to me, and that's kind of why I wanted to call, to call in and say thank you to you for this idea of a show. And I do know the name of the song, and I love that song. But the ironic thing is that as your topic is what it is, my mom worked up until 84 and a half as a nurse. And so as she has been a caregiver professionally for her career since she was at a high school or at a college, she was actually trained by the, um, by the Army, and then she missed World War II, so she couldn't go and serve. But I think sometimes when people are so sharp, I mean, her mom lived to be almost 100, when people are so sharp and they're smart and they do care, I think, you know, and she is a firm. She could be a good charge nurse when she needs to be. I feel like the, <laughs> challenge, the, the challenge is to be able to be as calm and loving and kind as I possibly can because, you know, she crosses her T's and dots her I's even now, and she's doing really well. So I just feel like it's going to be a challenge. But that's the main reason why I took an overnight job, so I can be with her during the day and spend time with her, you know. Well, I think that is marvelous. I was talking to – there's a rancher friend of mine down the road who's 95. And on his, I, I saw him last month on his 95th birthday, and I said, uh, I said, mm-hmm. here's your birthday today. He said, well, what day is it? I said, well, it's August 12th. He said, well, yeah, it is. I said, you're 95, Bill. He looked at me and kind of <laughs> tilted his head. He said, you know, that's kind of old. And, and I said, Bill – you're so old that when you went to high school, you drove a chariot. I mean, you're, you're old, Bill. <laughs> but he's he's the same way. He's out walking around and having a great time and living. This, I guess that's the benefit of hard work and, mm-hmm. and clean air out here in Montana. But your mom sounds like she's that same kind of person, just just keep on chugging. And, well, tell me very right. quick before we go to the break, what's the song? And, and for those who want to weigh in on the song, even if somebody else oh. gets it, the point is not to have musical trivia. The point is for what does this song mean mm-hmm. to you? But what is the song, Robin? Right. Well, I have to tell you, my mom was born in Montana, and so was I. So, and she. Well, that'll do it. Raise, <laughs> right. She helped where, raise where were you, head sweep. Where were you born, born in Montana? In I was born in Billings, and she was born just north of Red Lodge. Well, I know exactly where it is because we just spent a, a while at Billings at the hospital there. So, um, right. Well, well, tell me the song. The song is um, You Are My Hiding Place. You Are and, My Hiding Place. And Isn't that I a great song? Like it's a wonderful song because what I'm enjoying now is the fact that she can still walk around her building. And sometimes I feel like that's when the Lord can speak in terms of just taking a quiet walk with her, even though her knees are going. And I just feel so thankful 
that the Lord and through Corey Ten Boom and that whole book that she wrote, that he is our hiding place. So thank you so much for the music and thank well, you for Gracie and who's been praying. Well, thank you. You know, Corey Ten Boom led Gracie to the Lord when she was a little girl. And, oh, uh, I do not know just, that. Just when she was like six years old. So uh, great story on that. We'll get into another time. But thank you, Robin, for the call. We've got to go to a break. And thank you for that. And best to your mom. She sounds like she is just wonderful. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a caregiver. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Hello, I'm Don Hawkins, here to tell you about Encouragement Live, 55 minutes of industrial strength radio encouragement featuring resourceful guests, plus practical biblical insights to help you face life's challenges. We'll be taking your phone calls, so plan to join us for Encouragement Live, Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 p.m. Eastern, here on American Family Radio. Hi, I'm Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. 8 Days of Hope exists to love and serve those in need. Over the past 15 years, over 40,000 volunteers have helped 7,000 families rebuild their homes for free after natural disasters. We've also renovated and rebuilt facilities to bring hope and healing to those rescued from sex trafficking. Our rapid response ministry is busier than ever. With 40 deployments over the last four years, we've been able to minister to so many when it mattered most. It's completely free to serve with us. We provide your food and lodging when you volunteer. There's countless opportunities for any skill set and any skill level. We spend multiple weeks with those that have lost so much by cutting trees, tarping roofs, mucking out houses, and so much more. Consider joining us on our next outreach. You will never be the same. For more information about 8 Days of Hope, please go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. That's my wife, Gracie. Rust half off of her CD, Resilient. You can be a part of what we're doing here and get a copy of that CD. Go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com where it says uh, giving and you can help us do more. If you like this show, help us do more. We just, by the way, we have two different program outreaches. We have these, the caregiver outreach that we're doing right now. And then we also have a prosthetic limb outreach that Gracie envisioned after she gave up both of her legs. And we purchase and ship equipment and sponsor patients over in the West African country of Ghana primarily. We have other countries we've worked with periodically, but mostly there. We just um, shipped over a regular supply, a supply of resin, of acrylic resin, and we could use your help on doing more of this because this is an ongoing need of resin to make the sockets that the, the limbs fit in. So go out to... Hopeforthecaregiver.com. Get involved today. If you like what you're hearing on this show, help us do it more. 
The song today is You Are My Hiding Place. Uh, Robin got that. And the lyrics are this. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Now, let's go to, uh, I think it's Psalm 4017. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. And then let's go to uh, Psalm 32.7. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, why is that important to us as a caregiver? If you've ever stood in a hospital hallway alone watching your loved one go off to surgery, or if you've ever walked that long distance from a parking garage at a hospital to the room or back and forth in the middle of the night or whatever, those songs of deliverance are surrounding you even at that point. If you've been woken up in the middle of the night with some type of trauma going on, those songs of deliverance are right there. If you've ever had to deal with the reality of a loved one with an addiction that is spiraling out of control, well, all addiction is out of control, those songs of deliverance are right there for you. If you've dealt with the trauma of dealing with somebody with a mental illness, those songs of deliverance are right there surrounding you. That's the whole point. The hiding place goes with you because God is with you all around you. You are not outside his purview. Okay? And so when it gets gnarly for us, that's where this particular song can settle your spirit down and realize you are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Now that's a song for caregivers right there. So let's go to uh, Luke in uh, Georgia. Luke, good morning, Luke. How are you feeling? Luke, you with me? Hey, this is Luke. Yeah, this is Luther. It's not Luke. Oh, I'm sorry. It says Luke on here. I'm sorry. It's Luther. Well, Luther, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling okay. Um, just a little tired. That's it. Well, what you got on your mind this morning? Well, I want to call the show. My, uh, we've been caregiving since um, 1987. So uh, most of my wife is with her family, her daughter, and, I mean her sister, and her uh, mother. Her mother has recently passed, and so that's been very difficult for her. Uh, but so my main concern is my... Uh, my wife, because she does, you know, she's the major caregiver and it's affecting her. And I'm just looking for some um, help for her. Well, what's, what's too, going on? Are you doing, stuff. are you, Luke, are, I mean, Luther, are you caregiving or is it your wife that's caregiving? We both are. You both are. And we you're both. taking care of, you're taking care of whom? It's her sister now. Okay. So you passed she, about three months ago. And uh, and what's what's going on with her sister? She's been a brittle diabetic since uh, her graduation week. So that she was six, seventeen. So, so her sister has diabetes. Yes, yes. And and she uh, is. And uh, she's on dialysis. She's been blind a while, but um, we have to basically do most things for her. She can. She's got tunnel vision. 
she can feel a little bit, mm-hmm. but not much. Um, so that's where we're at, and she, my wife what, is just if, at her end. You know? Well, if you could describe your wife's current circumstances in maybe one word, what would that be? So we can get a better picture of what's going on with your wife. Um, wore out, I guess. Well, is there anybody else that can sub in for her besides you? She has one sister. Um, her brother has passed. Uh, so none of, us have, none of those have ever helped us, really. The other sister has a son that's a schizophrenic, so he takes constant care whenever she's not at work. Really are you able time. to bring in? Are you able to bring in any kind of service that would help with your sister-in-law? We've done that sometimes. Yes, we've done that. Sometimes. Are you able to continue doing that? No, not on us. It's not what, sustainable. I'm, I mean, can you do it, uh, you know, just like one day a week kind of thing, or is it just, even that's out of the reach? That's, uh, that's become out of reach, too. All right. Is that a financial decision? Yes. Okay. Uh, how old is your sister-in-law? She's uh, 60, let's see, two. Oh, she's sixty four. Sixty four now. Okay. And and if About something happens to if something happens to your wife, what's the plan for your sister in law? Hmm. Well uh, I, I we don't know. I don't know that what would, would happen. I, I guess I would, it would taking care of her. As opposed to her other sister. No, her other sister can't she I don't think that would happen. I mean, is their other sister unwilling or unable? Unable. She's not unwilling. Um, does um, Is it possible for you guys to sit down and have some kind of meeting with someone that's involved with your, sister's care, your sister-in-law's care to lay out a, a plan of care? Because this is, I mean, um, I mean, at the rate you're going, basically, here's here's what's going to happen, Luther. At the rate you're going, this is going to consume your wife, and then ultimately right. consume you. Somebody, somebody's yeah. going to have a funeral, and yeah. whether it's going to be you, your wife, or your sister-in-law, all three of you eventually yeah. going to have one. It just depends on how this thing plays out. It depends on what order you have them in. So if you right. go down okay. first, if something, how's your health, by the way, Luther? Well, it's it's okay. I mean, I've had several bypass surgeries and neuropathy. Well, if and- you've had okay, look, if you've had several bypass surgeries, let's back up. Okay is not the word I would look for, even though you can certainly recover from oh, that yeah, and live well. a full and active life. But uh, mm-hmm. how, how's your how's your weight, Luther? Two twenty. And how tall are you? Five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. All right. How's your cholesterol? Uh, it's in range now. Uh probably one fifty. I know they want it around a hundred, but Okay. Now tell me about your tell me about your wife's weight. How's her weight? And I'm not trying to get into she's, your business. I'm just how's how's her weight? She's overweight. She's she's 
200 probably. Okay. And um, how's her cholesterol? It's high. Okay. She's on. All right. She's so a, she's a here. Too. Okay. She's well, here's. She's Here's where this thing is hang, hanging out, Luther. Here's where here's where we here's where you guys are. You guys are you guys are driving on a very very windy mountain road, and there's not many guardrails, and it's at night, and your headlights are are not working properly. That's how dangerous this is. So this is going to the stress of this thing is going to if your wife is wore out, she's on insulin, she's diabetic. You know, overweight. She's had back too. Okay, she's got a lot of situations going on here, and she's taking care of somebody who's also in bad shape. You are doing okay at this point, but you still have some some underlying issues. This is uh, this situation requires immediate action, Luther, and that immediate action: sit down and have a care plan for all three of you. And that's going to take a trained provider, uh, uh, somebody that's got some kind of experience and, and so forth to sit down with you guys and lay this thing out. There's going to be a funeral. There's going to be three funerals. We just don't know what order they're going to come in yet. But if, if, right. if your wife goes first, then your sister-in-law and you are going to have a brutal experience dealing with this. If you go first, then your wife is left holding the bag. If your sister-in-law goes, yeah. then you're going to be taking care of your wife. All three of you need a plan of care. Mm-hmm. Okay? When's the last time you saw your doctor, Luther? Uh, last week. Okay, when's the last time your wife saw her doctor? Last week. I'm sure. Okay, and what, did, what was, what was the result of this? Uh, well, they're just... Um, I guess they're just still going down the same path with us. I guess what we're dealing with. Well, that sounds that sounds oh, pretty lackadaisical. She's got she's got a uh, her daddy had Parkinson's and she has it too. She she is not uh, addressing it. Okay, and, Luther. Um, that's a problem, Luther. And I'm I'm just going to be blunt with you here because that just the nature of what we're talking about here. How sustainable is this? You mean, what do you mean? It's not sustainable. It's come that, to exactly. That's the right answer. Disastrous. That's the, that's the right answer. You guys are really heading for some very, very dangerous water. If your doctor is just saying, let's just, you know, just keep on keeping on, you need to get a different doctor. There needs to be an aggressive hmm. plan of care for all three of you. Now, so you can you get a different doctor. Pardon me? Who do you see to do that? Well, if you don't have a doctor, then you're going to need to see some type of caseworker, care worker, some type of social worker, somebody that can get you a plan of care or say, okay, we're going to have a team approach to this thing. Is yours? Is I, I tell you what, I'll cut. I'll tell. I'll talk about this on the next block. I'm going to have to jump. We're going to a okay. break here. I'll give you some thoughts. Hang on, just listen on, and I will. Uh, I'll talk okay. about what you can do at the next block. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? 
I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on our fellow amputees, and that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing With Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to standingwithhope.com and see how you can give they go walking and leaping and praising God. You can be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. While in the emergency room with my wife, as she was struggling with the COVID-19 virus herself, and I looked at her, I said, are you scared? And she said, a little bit, but I've been through worse. The Certainty of Mankind's History with Uncertainty, an article by Peter Rosenberger. And then as her fever was approaching almost 103, she started singing in Christ alone. I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And that's how she has anchored herself in the certainty of Christ through her huge medical journey that has included 80 surgeries, both of her legs amputated, 100 doctors have treated her, 12 hospitals, and now the COVID-19 virus. And so when we live with those kinds of uncertainties, anchoring ourselves in Christ, in Christ alone, that's the only place we can run to where there is certainty. To read this article and more, visit afa.net forward slash the stand. Caregiver, this is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We're glad that you are with us. 888-589-8840. I want to circle back to Luther uh, in the last call here and what's going on. Let me get to recap here what I was able to glean. He was, um, his wife is not well herself, and she's taking care of her sister who's even less well. Luther himself has had... um, bypass surgeries and other issues but this is this is all very 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 um, dangerous what they're dealing with and the stress of caregiving is not noted for being a help to people who are already in bad shape so given that where do you start luther said where do you start because they both saw their doctor last week and evidently nothing much is happening so where do you start well if his wife his wife is diabetic and she's taking care of her sister who's diabetic and, and blind and has other underlying health issues. The, the diabetes is something that, that can be addressed, um, not 100%, but certainly addressed with proper eating. So if you're overweight, guess what? We're going to have to get underweight. You're going to have to get some of that weight off of you and change your, your eating habits. You can do that right now. That is something that can be done right now. There are plenty of things. Go out online and you look for diabetic menus that you can eat. And you start changing the way you eat. You start exercising and you start taking care of your body physically. 
And if your doctor is not giving you that kind of support, get a different doctor. There are plenty of them out there that would be glad to help give you some guidance to, towards crawling back to a healthier lifestyle. But it starts with watching what goes into your mouth. Okay? The last thing you want to do is kill yourself with a knife and fork. So you change the way you eat, and you change it today. You're not gonna, you didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get out of this overnight. But you can start drinking a whole lot more water and a whole lot less soda or sweet tea or fruit drinks or whatever that have so much high sugar in it. Okay? You can do that today. Does it cost a darn thing to do that? Second thing is, it's time to sit down with a, with a sustainable plan of care as best as possible. Now, you may be able only to do this for the next couple of months. And then you have to develop another one that'll go even further. But right now, you're in crisis mode. You've got to have a short-term issue, I mean, a short-term path, a medium-term path, and a long-term path. Because the three of them are not in good shape, and there's going to be three funerals. Which order are they going to go in is the question. And depending on who goes first is going to create even more drama and more heartache and more suffering. So there has to be a sit-down with an honest conversation. Uh, there's, there's, there's family counselors that can help with this. There's social workers. A lot of your doctors can refer you to a social worker who could sit down with you and have a plan of care, particularly if, if one or more of these individuals are on Medicare, uh, disability, and so forth. There are resources out there that you could tap into. But you got to raise your hand and say, we're going to do this. We're going to take charge of this. You cannot leave things hanging. There is no open end to this. Well, we'll just wait and see. No, we don't. I, I've had doctors tell me that before and, and, and medical staff that said, well, we're going to wait and see. I said, how long are you going to wait? They said, oh, we'll wait three weeks. Okay, on three weeks, I'm going to give you a call. That, I mean, that's the way I deal. I never leave anything open-ended. If we're going to wait and see 45 minutes or 45 days, it doesn't matter. That is, waiting is an action step, but there is not an open end to this. Okay? This is unsustainable. And so for those of you who are in similar positions where you're in a situation where you don't know what else to do, you've got to start, deal with what you can control first. You can control what goes in your body. Okay? You can control what goes in your mouth. Then you can control what you're physically doing. Exercising some type of physical activity. You may have neuropathy. You may have all kinds of issues you can't do. My wife doesn't have any legs. She's in pain all the time. But she physically pushes herself to do something, whether it's doing you know, arm exercises or whatever else. But you, you can't just sit around, okay? We, we're going we're gonna to couch ourselves into a grave. So you got to physically move. One of the things I did, for example— you know, I mean, I was getting, I was putting on some pounds. Every caregiver goes through this. We get, we gain weight. I mean, I got so big, my picture fell off the wall. I mean, it, you know, it happens. I started doing martial arts and, and started working myself into shape. I got rid of a sitting desk and I went to a standing desk. They say standing is the, I mean, sitting is the new smoking. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they say. All I know is I stand. I'm standing while I do this show. I stand when I do this. I'm always moving around, and I try to stay active. But but you you you've got to do something. You can, everybody can do something. 
And, and it's important to take action with that. Sit down and have a meeting. If you don't know who to call, start with your pastor and say, look, we need to develop a plan of care. If the pastor looks clueless, go to the next person. You keep going aggressively until you get a plan of care that is going to give you guys wisdom and leadership and guidance throughout this process. And you stick to that. And it's never going to be one thing. There's no magic bullet for this. It's just hard work. But but your options are a funeral and even more suffering. So we're going to have to roll up the sleeves a little bit. I remember the first time I stepped into a martial arts class. It was hard work. I started putting down sodas and grabbing water. It it's it I put down a Snickers bar and get an apple. And I still have relapses where, where I love to get a candy bar. Won't tell you when the last one I had was yesterday, but I but I have to push back and keep going. I mean, I'm not I'm not having a, a Nazi approach to this thing where you can't do this at all. I'm just asking you to start making life choices that are a little bit better. And eventually you'll start making a sequence of them. Because the the alternative is death and suffering. That's where Luther and his family are right now. So you've got a a family history of diabetes. You've got Parkinson's involved. You've got triple bypass that's involved. You've got a lot of different things involved. And they're all in their 60s. Anybody here want to weigh in on how this is going to end? This This is not going to end well without some aggressive stances on this, okay? Healthy caregivers make better caregivers. I've been saying this since I launched my show. I've been saying this since I wrote my book. And we caregivers somehow think we're just going to just white-knuckle this thing until we get this loved one to the grave, not realizing that we are in danger of the grave ourselves. So if we don't take this kind of action, we're in trouble. Now, it starts a lot of time, it always starts in the heart. And you, you, you can't just um, start trying to do one thing without realizing your whole mind and heart have got to change. I've got a thing on my podcast, you can go out and see it. It says, can we change the way we think? Yeah, we can. We, we must. And it's the most recent episode. Go out to uh, hopeforthecaregiver.com. It's free. You can just listen to it. It's only 10 minutes of changing the way we think about these sort of things, that we get aggressive about it. Be good stewards of our bodies, of this situation we're in. And as we go through this, then these scriptures, these songs that I put out there for you mean something. You are my hiding place. You always fill my heart with songs of deliverance. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And as we put down a soda and pick up a water, I will trust in you because you're being a good steward and you're trusting God to give you the strength to make better decisions with this. It's that simple. And this is where Luther and his family are, and this is where probably a lot of us are. Been there myself. Still have to fight. It's not a one and done. It's a daily changing of your lifestyle. Okay? I'm going to try to squeeze in Robert from Tennessee uh, before we go here. Robert, this is Peter, and, and I'm glad to have you with us. Tell me what you got on your mind. Hi, Peter. Hey, how are you feeling this morning, Robert? 
I'm doing okay. I appreciate uh, your show so much. Um, I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, 62 years old. Uh, my wife has had about 10 years' worth of uh, short-term dementia, which uh, we've been working through and dealing with for a while. Um, unexpectedly, last year, my uh, 91-year-old mother-in-law had to move in with us from Chicago with an untimely death in the family. So we're all kind of caregiving here in Memphis right now, and uh, it's a real... Uh, Real blessing to hear your show every weekend. We uh, something I look forward to. It. The song you had today, uh, that is my song, and I sing it throughout the day. I'm still working full time, and I, I that's what I sing because the trials, tribulations, temptations, they flood at you, and uh, he definitely is our hiding place. I love this song, Robert. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a blessing. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Well, listen, you understand then the little bit of the predicament that Luther and his family in because you've got a three-person uh, family uh, unit that's dealing with these kinds of things. And these songs are so important to realize when we're afraid... He's there for us. Those songs of deliverance go with us everywhere in every situation. Robert, I'm sorry I didn't get to spend much time with you this morning, um, but I very much appreciate you giving a call. You're certainly welcome to call in any time because this is going to be an ongoing issue, and you can call in and tell us about Memphis Barbecue. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Anytime you're in town, it's not necessarily heart healthy, but I do love it. Hey, I got to well, go. I this is Peter you know. Rosenberger. We're up against the break here. And uh, this is Hope for the Caregiver, hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll see you next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.